our memories is one of the Lord's most awesome gifts to us. We have an an astonishing capacity to store up millions of bits of information. (laughs) This information, data, is kept in perfect order. This information is stored and codified, ready for recall as needed. The latest research have shown that the brain can store enough data to fill several million books. Mind-boggling. The brain's capacity would make modern computer to be literally insignificant in comparison. But also the human brain is very capable, (laughs) whether deliberately or involuntarily, of forgetting. We forget things. I know, and I've met people in my life who have been blessed of God to be able to forget unpleasant memories. They really are, and they're truly blessed of God. There are some not so blessed. They will remember every little bad experience. Did you know that modern technology is ruining our memory power? I just learned this recently. A number of independent studies have shown that Cameras and video cameras and the cell phones and all those modern technologies which we love, but they wreak havoc with our ability to store up memory. They tell us that when you trust remembrance of a certain event to a photo or to a video or chips and all those kinds of things, we become less inclined to remember or store things in our memory bank. I know we joke about old age and and how when you get older, you're forgetful. And, but that's really not true. I know some older people who have absolutely phenomenal memory. So it is not accurate. <laughs> and that's what they do to senior citizens. <laughs> they take it for granted that they can't remember. Let me give you an example. As a, suppose as a teenager, teenagers, forgive me ahead of time, some of you, are forgetful. They forget where they like keys, where they forgot their homework, they forget this and forget the other thing. What we say, ah, he or she is just forgetful. You get an older person who misplaces the keys or forgets something, what do you say? Oh, it's old age, right? It's not true. It's not true. The fact is that we all remember what's important to us. It's a fact. We all remember what's important to us. And that is why people can forget prayer meeting, but they will never forget an important business meeting. They're there ahead of time. See, we remember what's important to us. It's like the little boy who asked his grandfather, he said, Grandpa, do you remember your first kiss? Grandfather said, Son, I don't even remember my last kiss. (laughs) We remember what's important to us. Now, that is why, if you examine the Scripture closely, you will find that the word that is most recorded, one single word that's most recorded is the word remember. Remember, remember, remember. As we conclude the series of messages, to know Jesus is to love Him. I want to talk to you about how to love Jesus with your memory and how vitally important that is. Throughout the Scripture, we see how the Lord is offended. 
He really is offended when his people forget him. When his people forget his past mercies. When his people forget his past favors. When his people forget his past graciousness. When his people forget his past deliverances. When his people forget his past supernatural intervention in their life. And I know while we remember what's important to us, God wants us to remember what's important to Him. Amen? What's important to Him? In fact, numerous times, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you see the heart of God, the depth of His disappointment when people forgot Him and when people forgot all about His past mercies and and blessings and grace. In Luke chapter 17, you read about how Jesus healed Ten lepers. Ten. Nine of them were Jewish. People who were in the covenant with God. One was not Samaritan outside of the covenant. All ten of them are healed. All ten of them were cleansed. And yet, only one came back to say thank you. Only one. The Samaritan, who's considered to be outside of the covenant of God, he returned and said thank you. No wonder Jesus gave him an extra blessing far greater than the healing of leprosy, and that's He gave him eternal life. He gave him salvation. Look at the depth and the sense of disappointment in the words of Jesus in Luke 17, 17. You cannot help but feel the depth of His disappointment. Were not all ten healed? How come only this foreigner gave glory to God for His healing? In the Old Testament, God knew that they're going to forget all about him once they get into the promised land. God knew. And so he warned them again and again and again. And he told them that the greatest temptation they will be facing when they prosper in the promised land is they're going to forget who prospered them. That's exactly where we are in America today. We have forgotten who prospered us. It is God's hand that prospered America. And I'm talking about all kinds of prosperity. I'm not just talking about material things. His protective hands, His guiding spirit, time and time and time again, prophet after prophet after prophet would warn them. Why? Because right on schedule, as soon as I got into the promised land and they began to prosper, guess what? Exactly what the Lord told them will happen, happened. They forgot who God is and that He's the one who prospered them. But they will tip their hat to Him on Saturday. For the rest of the week, they are with the pagans, the Baal worshippers. Remember, remember, remember. No wonder in the end God led barbarians and terrorists, held them captives. What does it say to us today? Please listen carefully. Don't let your prosperity make you forget who prospered you. Don't let your success make you forget who gave you success. Don't let your busy life be so filled with all sorts of activities that you crowd out the very one who blessed you. Remember, remember, remember. In fact, the reason God established all these festivals, festivities, and celebrations from Yom Kippur to 
Rosh Hashanah, and all the celebrations, all the feasts, the Passover, the Sukkoth, and all those feasts, God established all that so that they constantly, physically, with their own eyes, remember God's gracious hand that delivered them out of the slavery of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. He established all these festivals so that there will be a visible reminder for them. But what happened, they turned these memorials into self-centered indulgences. In the New Testament, the reason our Lord established the Lord's Supper and baptism, those two ordinances that He Himself established, is for us to remember His indescribable love toward us. And sadly, many a church today, either they ignore them altogether or they turn them, these ordinances into hollow and shallow and empty rituals. Why does God constantly remind them and remind us all the time? Here's why. Please listen carefully. Because every time you recall to memory God's past sacrifice, God's immense sacrifice, it gives us ultimate hope. Because every time you vividly remember the depth of God's love for you, He is inviting us to love Him back more deeply and more fully. Because every time you take time to remember His matchless love, it brings us healing and wholeness. I want to give you an example from the Scripture. Turn to Psalm 42, and I'm only going to refer to three verses, 4, 5, and 6. I want to tell you that Psalm 42, particularly those three verses, is the best example of how forgetting God's past mercies, God's past generosity, His past blessings— his past graciousness, his past interventions, his past healings can lead you to discouragement and despondency and even depression. Psalm 42 is a great example of how loving the Lord with your memory can fill you with hope. How loving the Lord with your memory will pull you out of the pit of discouragement, how loving the Lord with your memory can propel you into more fervent faith. Let me tell you very quickly the historical background to this psalm. When David wrote this psalm, he was fleeing Jerusalem, and he went all the way north near Dan, and he sat there by the waterfalls, and he wrote this psalm. His son Absalom, rebellious son, evil son, turned on his father, and he conducted a coup d'etat, pushed his father out of the kingdom. And if I can tell you that David was really down in the dumps, it would be the most gross understatement ever. I don't think any of us can even comprehend what that means. And so he sits in this pit of discouragement, in this pit of despair, and he writes the song. Verse 4, these things 
I remember. Please, if you have your Bible, underline the word remember. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. What does he remember? Still, verse 4 gives us the answer. Rest of the verse. How I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throngs. Then he goes to verse 5. And there he begins to talk to himself. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but let me tell you, whether you know it or not, you talk to yourself. All right? We all talk to ourselves. It doesn't make you crazy. It's just we all talk. In fact, we self-talk in such a speed that it will surprise you. But we talk to ourselves all the time. Because you already self-talk, three things I want to tell you to help you in your self-talk. Okay? It is better that you talk to yourself than let your circumstances talk to you. It's better for your mind to speak to your emotions instead of the other way around. And the third thing I want to tell you is it's better for you to preach to yourself than let the evil one do it. Amen? Question. What do you say to yourself when you speak to yourself? (laughs) Here's a best example. is from David. He said, verse 5, Why are you downcast, O my soul? I would say, preach it, brother. (laughs) Preach it. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. That's not a bad sermon to preach yourself. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Verse 6. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I'm going to do what? And therefore, I will remember. What is he saying? He's saying that only the memory of God's past faithfulness can lift me up in hope. That only memory of God's past interventions in your life will deepen your love for Him. That only your memory bank of the Lord's past blessings will renew and deepen your intimacy with Him. Well, with this introduction, let me get to the text. Actually, I don't have three points in a poem. I just have two things to tell you. One, when you are down, it is because you have forgotten. When you're up, it is because you have remembered. See how simple it is? When you're down and defeated and discouraged, it is because you have forgotten something very important. You've forgotten something vitally important. Now, I know that sometimes this forgetfulness can be deliberate or other times really involuntary. It doesn't matter. Sometimes that forgetfulness is by design. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes that forgetfulness is intentional. Other times it's not. Either way, doesn't matter. I want to get to the solution here. It doesn't matter. You must take these things out of your memory bank and bring them to the surface. You say, how, Michael? How? Very, very simply. It's in the Word of God. Retrace your steps. That's what he's doing. Retrace your footsteps. 
and find out where and when you have fallen, how you got to where you are in the, down in the dumps. Retrace your steps. Find out how you got there. Go back in your memory bank and find out when you have fallen into that pit of despair, into that pit of discouragement. Find out when that took place and what got you there. And when you do that, you're going to run smack into forgetting his past blessings. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Jesus, the resurrected, the ascended, the glorified Jesus, speaks to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Chapter 2, he speaks to the church in Ephesus. And here's what he said in verse 4 of chapter 2 in the book of Revelation. He said, I hold this against you. What was it? You have forgotten. You have what? You have forgotten your first love. A dreaded forgetfulness again. And so in verse 5 of Revelation 2, he gives them the prescription. Remember the height from which you have fallen. What is Jesus saying? He is saying, let your memory do the walking. He is saying, retrace your steps. Go back to the point where your trouble began. Don't gloss over or ignore the original cause. (laughs) Examine your memory bank. It is important. It is that important because you cannot make progress. You cannot go forward without going back and finding out how you got there. Beloved, you must understand, when the Bible said that sin is very deceitful, you must let alarm bells ring all over you when you read that. Why? Because if you think, and I've done it, (laughs) that you are above sin's deception, that's the beginning of trouble. I got deceived by sin I don't know how many times. And I continue praying. I said, Lord, I need to get over this. Just remember the deceitfulness of sin. Because the moment I think I'm above the deception of sin, beginning of my trouble, why am I saying this? Why am I telling you this? Listen carefully, please. Because by nature, we all reluctant to fess up to the reality of our forgetfulness. <laughs> But here's the good news. I never leave you without good news. Here's the good news. You see, the Bible never, 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 never points out to a sin that does not give you the way of forgiveness for that sin. The Bible never points to a problem without pointing, offering the solution to that problem. See, the Bible never convicts us about something without showing us the way of expressing that conviction. Why? Because our past memory is linked to our future hope. Did you get that? Our past memories are linked to our future hope. Our past memories are linked to our future anticipation. Our past memories are linked to our future vision and our vision of the future. And that is why so many people are held back from coming into intimacy and growth and walk with Jesus because they're held back by those chains from the past. You've got to cut them off. That is why loving Jesus with your memory 
is of vital importance. And that is why when you're able to remember what Jesus did for you, you can experience renewal of love for Him as we've been seeing in this whole series of messages. And that's why I did not begin the series about knowing Jesus, you love Him with your memory. I began with the mind because that's the decision-making process. It has to begin with the decision. Then we went into the imagination of loving Him with your soul and then loving Him with all your heart. That is the totality of your being. And now I can come to loving Him with your memory. The last message I made the reference to my book, Trust and Obey, is a reason for that, and there's a reason why I wrote it. In fact, as most of you would know, of all the 30 books that I've written, that's the most personal book. It's the most personal. Some of the vestry members came to me the year before our 25th anniversary, and one of them joked, and he said, you know, before you get old and forgetful, (laughs) here it goes again. Put down all of the stories that you shared some of them with us about God's faithfulness in the past, how God walked with you individually, how God walked with this church, His faithfulness to the church, how, how He upheld us and how, how, how He sustained us and how He blessed us as a church, how He encouraged us. And I said, can you have it ready to be released by the 25th anniversary, which I did. Here's what happened. Normally a book takes a long time. I took 10 days of my annual vacation and went away for 10 days. 10 days. I wrote the entire book in 10 days. You say, well, how come? Because I am constantly going back in my memory bank. Constantly. Almost on a daily basis. Certainly on a weekly basis. I'm going back to my memory bank and remember God's past blessings, God's past sustenance, God's past faithfulness and his dealings with me. So I didn't have to go too far in my memory bank to get all of it out because it's already on the surface of my memory bank. It didn't take long to come out and be put on paper. I am personally, daily, remembering how he saved me eternally, how he saved me from certain physical death how He saved me from deadly diseases, how He saved me from evil people, how He saved me from false brothers. But then I also remember the faithfulness of God and answering prayers on behalf of so many of you. And I'm so grateful to Him. And that is why the psalmist said, My soul, why are you discouraged? Remember what God did in the past. And when you love Him with your memories, you will become filled with hope for the future, regardless of the present. There may be someone here today who feels discouraged, despondent, disappointed. Some here might be fearful, anxious. What does the future hold? Go back to your memory bank. Get a withdrawal slip. (laughs) and get a bunch of it out. Go through past blessings. Go through past mercies. Go through past interventions. Go through past healings. Go through past strengthening. Go through God's past faithfulness to you and start loving Him with your memory. Shall we pray?
There may be someone here today who doesn't know Jesus yet in an intimate way. You know he's a Savior, knows a great teacher, prophet, or whatever. Today, you can know him as your only Savior and Lord. Today, you can know him as the only one who can forgive all of your sins, heal all of your diseases, strengthen your all power. Today, you can, because he longs to make you whole. But you have to come to him in repentance. You have to come to him in confession. And you can do that now as we take a moment and lift up our hearts to the Lord in prayer. But then for those who know the Lord, and I know you love the Lord, but you're so discouraged, you're so disappointed perhaps, and despondent, go back to your memory bank. Pull out all the wonderful treasures of God's past salvation, blessings, strengthening, and begin to praise Him. And you will see the difference as you begin to love Him with your memory. Lord Jesus, You are so gracious to us. You gave Yourself. You said, I have authority to lay it down, but I also have authority not to lay it down and take it up. But we're so thankful to You, Lord Jesus, that You laid it down. And You redeemed us and gave us the assurance that we are already in heaven, that heaven already began the moment we said yes to you, and that we are walking with you, and it's a matter of transliteration when we go from one end to the other of glory. Let your Holy Spirit prompt us to begin to learn how to love you with memories. For Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.